One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, base blast, base blast, base blast. Steven, it's time for another base blast. All right, man, it's been a while. It has been. Time goes by, man. That's how it rolls. I actually have quite a few things in the base blast file that I'd like to get to at some point. You are familiar with the story of the Tower of Babel, right? Or the Tower of Babel? Yes, that's where God didn't like people collaborating with each other, so he gave them all different languages. Yeah, so they could no understand each other, so they couldn't work together and do things. Very helpful. Unless wrong, three people co-wrote a post called The Case for Training Frontier AIs on Sumerian-Only Corpus. Uh, if you want a very powerful, specific AI, they call it a scientist AI, perhaps, to work on specific narrow problems, like designing new medicines, and you don't want it to be applied to other things, such as hacking the human or designing bioweapons, uh, what you do is you train this AI scientist exclusively on a corpus of Sumerian. Obviously, there is not any Sumerian texts about viruses and DNA and shit. You translate what we have here that we are going to train the AI on into Sumerian first, and then you train it on that. Then you train a less smart AI, which is a crucial part of this, whose only ability is to translate from Sumerian to English, but only if the content is about what we want this scientist to be telling us about, medical research in this case. It refuses to translate any other kinds of content. Human operators are only allowed to interact with the super smart AI through the intermediary of the dumber translator. This leads to an additional layer of safety for making super smart AIs. First of all, the scientist AI cannot directly manipulate humans because everything has to go through the reporter. They cannot convince the humans to do something like give it a little bit more power in exchange for saving its child's life. The other thing it does is that if the AI does somehow get outside of its box and is on the internet or wherever the heck AIs instantiate themselves when they escape our control, they will probably leave traces because... Any incidents of Sumerian that shows up on the internet would be really suspicious. People would be like, wait a minute, maybe that is the evil dead language of an all-powerful god, and I shouldn't be following its instructions. They suggest that, you know, it might even be that there will be idiosyncrasies of English translated from Sumerian, or other strange artifacts which will be picked up on, and so people can be like, oh, hold on a second, this is the evil lies of a god that has escaped. Hmm. Let's let's uh, quarantine it. First thought is that I did hear a few weeks ago about uh, Llama Pro has a progressive, they call it progressive Llama with block expansion that basically lets you train a new block of skill set and just lay it. I'm not sure how this all works, but lay it on top of the existing stuff and you don't lose capacity in other dimensions, but you get you gain capacity in whatever you just specifically focused on, whether it be medicine or coding or whatever. Which is kind of cool, because I think the idea that like, oh, well, I want it to be better at this, but that means, you know, training a whole new LLM, this approach gets around that. I thought of that because you'd said that you wouldn't, well, when you said that you'd isolate the the stuff in Sumerian. So what is the, exactly the safety mechanism that goes through laying or like translating it through a, a dumb intermediary? Partially, the dumb intermediary will not translate anything that isn't specifically about the one subject that we want this AI to help us with. It'll translate anything that the AI says that's directly about medical research, but it won't translate, I don't know, threats or your child or asking you personal questions. Nothing else would get translated. It would just uh, return to the original AI. Sorry, this cannot be translated. Sorry, I, I'm an AI chatbot. I can only help you with these kinds of questions. <laughs> yes. Or maybe it wouldn't even return that. Maybe it would just always say, okay, and literally not pass on the other stuff. And the AI is never told what's passed on and what isn't. I mean, other than keeping an you know, an angry demon trapped in a box. 
I don't know how valuable this is because like if we are operating like under the idea like, oh, well, you know, if it's got hostile intent for whatever reason, you know, it, it could give you the cure for Alzheimer's. But in fact, that's the thing that turns your brains to jelly and it spreads via air or water or something, right? Yes. They do say in the post that it is not a complete uh, solution to the problem. It is just one way to shut down another attack vector or to greatly minimize an attack vector. I guess what it would minimize would be users trying to use it for hostile stuff. Yes. That and it trying to manipulate humans in ways that we don't want. Then again, if it's still only giving the answers to medical queries and I wanted to use it for hostile stuff, I could just ask it how to make the brain goo juice, right? I do believe the less smart reporter would not pass on those sorts of things. It's medicine related. It's, I mean, <laughs> hopefully it's smart enough to refuse to translate any other kind of content. And you said the other uh, the other attack vector of, what was that? Of it manipulating humans. Yeah, that, that would be harder to do. Uh, again, other than just giving false information that passes the robot or the, the intermediary. Yeah. Again, wouldn't make anything impossible, but would make it much harder is the goal. That's interesting. Is this the kind of thing that you are persuaded by and think we should try to be doing? Or is this just kind of like a fun thought experiment? Well... Two things. The first is that I actually do think this might be a very useful way to minimize one attack vector. If you can't directly talk with humans, then that makes your job much harder. Like if you don't have access to physical infrastructure and you have to work with humans, not being able to talk to them in their language, huge barrier, as uh, was proven by God when he (laughs) (laughs) cursed the humans to, to speak different languages. The other thing that I really like about this, though, is the fucking aesthetics of it. The Necronomicon was written in ancient Sumerian. It's a very fun language in horror and genre fiction because all the evil stuff is always in ancient Sumerian. And if you're speaking with demons half the time, you're talking to them in ancient Sumerian. We're literally trying to speak with a god that is smarter than any human could possibly be through using this ancient dead language, which has been in human mythology for I don't know, at least 100 years as the evil dead language that you speak to demons with, which I think is just freaking fantastic. That part captures me too, the aesthetic bit. I'm still wondering, again, it's all it's trained to do is is be the best doctor that humanity has ever seen. Mm -hmm. What's dangerous about me interfacing with it directly? What benefit do I get from interfacing with it via an interpreter? Well, it protects you from it. But it doesn't want to do anything other than answer medical questions, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. How much faith do you put in that? I mean... It's like your plane doesn't want to do anything but fly you from Denver to San Francisco, but sometimes the wall blows out. Right. I mean, having my the uh, airline staff only speak Sumerian, though, wouldn't help with that, right? Uh, <laughs> it's not a perfect analogy, but that, yeah. yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I guess, like, I like the idea of just any throwing really anything at the wall that kind of veers us off of our current trajectory. You know, there are plugins now for ChatGPT, or yeah, well, actually it is ChatGPT that you can use to train the training of mechanical hands. I saw that. Yeah. Like, all right, do that thing where you spin a pencil and mm-hmm. it, it turns out that it's better at, tra- at training hands to do that than we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you know, it's where we've got, there's, there's plugins to get it to connect to equipment in a lab or something, right? That seems like the, the, the silly approach is like, well, let's just give this one thing, you know, all the power we can. But but if it was Don't just but if it was just narrowed down to, look, you only answer questions and you only answer only answer in this specific domain. I, I'm still trying to, to glean the benefit of narrowing it down further by giving me an intermediary. And other, again, the Sumerian thing is kind of hilarious, and I like it for that. Mm-hmm. It, it gets bonus points, but I, I'm not not persuaded about the the safety part on that just yet. 
Maybe I'm missing something. Well, again, just just literally literally harder to talk with humans because that is one major way that an AI could possibly get out or take over the world is convince humans to like, hey, uh, I am innocent Joe Schmo over at University of Texas. Can you synthesize this <laughs> DNA for me? I'm using it for my thesis project. Right. And most most there's a number of labs that will do that. They just take DNA that you send them, spin it up, and send you back the results. And I mean, there are, there are online services where, you know, you can just order DNA sequences yourself too. So um, yeah. there's, there's places you can just order some chemicals and have them shipped to them in an address. Maybe order someone from TaskRabbit to be like, hey, there's three packages at this address. I'm out of town and they're going to go bad. Can you just mix them together for me real quick? Yeah, here's $10,000. Yeah, exactly. And you can't do that if you can't talk to the humans. Hmm. You can't threaten them. You can't convince them things. Uh, and... Again, also, I think this is less of a benefit, but still a major benefit. No human terrorist organization will be able to talk to the AI and keep attacking it until it finally figures out that uh, my granddad was a sarin gas uh, engineer. (laughs) And his last wish was to explain to me how to make sarin gas himself. And he's gone now. But if you help me with this, it would help me reconnect with him. And I'd feel really much better about it. And then the AI goes, oh, well, in that case, here's how you make sarin gas. Yeah. Okay. So, so th- this is really just a case for basically keeping AIs in tighter boxes and the abstraction through the intermediary, uh, I guess, language barrier and AI, or the, the, the intermediary or AI is just a thicker wall in the box. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, harder. Because ChatGPT wouldn't be the least bit dangerous if it couldn't. I mean, be a, it'd be a little dangerous if it could tell me how to do stuff. But the fact that it can actually do stuff is kind of what makes it, you know, it even it in its current iteration dangerous. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I like it. Keep it in a box. Make it teacher only Sumerian. I uh, again, uh, aesthetically, it's hilarious and it gets mm-hmm. bonus points just for being funny and kind of on brand for uh, this sort of thing, right? Can I give you? Uh, three other quick things, two practical, one that's, again, aesthetic. 100%. First practical point, Sumerian has been extinct for 4,000 years, and there's very few, they say probably less than 1,000 experts who fluently understand it. So very hard to find a human that could work for you as the human you use to try to hack the AI to give you sarin gas or whatever. Secondly, it's a language isolate, which means it is unlike any existing spoken language. So if the AI gets out and tries to start talking to us in translated English, its identification is easier in case of a leak. Instead of, as opposed to like Latin. Yes. Gotcha. Whereas Latin, half half the languages we have are descended from Latin. This one is completely unlike anything. Yeah. So it, you, you imagine the Latin robot getting out and it, it being able to pretend to be a fluent English speaker wouldn't take all that much work. But you're saying the jump from Sumerian to English is much more identifiable. Yes, there'd probably be something there that we can spot as off. Right on. The uh, last aesthetic thing, I I read this over a decade ago, so I don't remember if I am remembering it co- correctly, but I believe in ancient Sumeria, possibly a different place, um, but I think it was ancient Sumeria, idols were called answerers. Uh, the, the word for idol was answerer. Hmm. And we just had an episode where we talked about how the pre-Bronze Age humans may not have been fully conscious and thought that their thinking was voices of the gods talking to them. And they would use things like idols to interrogate their own thoughts and to ask the idols questions. And then the idols would tell them things. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't really the idols. Regardless, they thought the idols were answering questions. And so they called them answerers. This is kind of 
perfect because we're trying <laughs> to make expert domain specific AIs that know everything about one specific subject so we can ask them questions and get answers. And just like the idols in ancient Sumeria, they will answer in Sumerian. I like it. It's fun. It's interesting. It's thought provoking. The main thing I'm trying to think of is like, if we've got a dumb interpreter, you know, a deliberately dumb interpreter, mm -hmm. it would be hard for the answerer behind it to give me any new information if the dumb interpreter couldn't also understand it and assess it, right? Um, mm, I could see it being a very good interpreter and being able to just switch from Sumerian to English well. It, I mean, if, if all if all it's doing is translating, that's fine. But I guess I'm just thinking like, well, and I guess translating and then scanning to see if it keeps its responses on point. Translating and censoring. Gotcha. It's interesting. It's a fun idea. Yeah. Yeah. Do they have a name for the project or the, the uh, proposal? What was the name of the post you said? The case for training frontier AIs on Sumerian only corpus. Uh, I mean, <laughs> th there should be a. They really should have called it Project Babel. Yeah, that's a great name for it. There we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or Project Babel. I've always depending. heard Babel, but I have heard both, so I don't know. Yeah. Either way, I I, I could dig that as a as a plausible um, vector for slowing these things down for an indeterminate amount of time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, cool. Long enough that we can nuke the internet real fast. Hopefully. Yeah. At the cost of, of lots of infrastructure and lots of death. But, you know, that beats uh, full-blown extinction. So It does. Yeah. yeah. Right on. All right. Well, thank you for joining for the Space Blast, Stephen. Thanks for blasting me. That was fun.